Good morning, y'all. I'm delighted to open God's word with you this morning. I'll be reading from Micah chapter five, but also referencing the story we just heard, which you'll know is found in Luke chapter two. But I ask you this morning, church, how's your year been? Did you realize it's almost over? Can you believe that? I feel like this year has flown by. We've come out of a worldwide pandemic, at least where only the remnants hopefully still remain. But I think we would all agree things have returned somewhat to normal or what we understand to be normal or at least familiar. But it's important each year, I believe, that we take time to reflect, to reflect on um, our lives as we go about our lives. I was discussing this with my mom and dad last night. They came over to you know celebrate Christmas Eve with us and have pizza and funfetti cake as we do every Christmas Eve and sing happy birthday to Jesus, even though our best guess is Jesus was born in the fall. But that's another, this is when we celebrate it. We're not doing the wrong thing here. And my dad mentioned something to me last night that I loved and wanted to share it with y'all because we were talking about the importance of reflection. And it really is. I've told you before that I don't believe stories actually are cemented as actual happenings in our lives until we tell about them with one another. And that's in the same vein of what reflection is. But he mentioned to me last night that when we, when we hear something, we forget it. When we see something, we remember it. When we do something, we understand it. But when we reflect, we learn. When we reflect, we learn. And I love that. And I found it to be true. So what have you learned this year, church? Are you farther along than you perhaps were? I sure hope so. Certainly, we've been tempted in a variety of ways. We, including me, top of the list, have fallen prey to those temptations at times. We all have our idols, and yet I hope that we realize, as those following and being formed by King Jesus, that we cannot serve two masters. One of those masters loves us to the point of completely forgiving us. And that is some amazing grace. So have you suffered loss this year? Oksana alluded to these things in the prayer and altar time so beautifully. Sickness, depression, despair, change of jobs, a loss of a job. If you started a business, have you happened to reconnect with an old friend? Have you lost a friend? Have you made a new friend? Did someone show you extraordinary love this year? No, seriously. Did you experience incredible hospitality or maybe even incredible forgiveness, grace and mercy from someone else. What a blessing that is. Did you thank them? Did you do that for someone else? The journey of life is complex. It is imperfect and it is certainly worth reflection. And sometimes what seem to be the most insignificant events, well, these can turn out to be the most important Such was true in the greatest journey ever taken, in my estimation. This was the journey God took from heaven to earth. In Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5, the prophet says, But you, O Bethlehem, who are one of the little clans of Judah, one will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. 
Then the rest of the ruler's brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand. He will stand and shepherd them in the strength of the Lord, in the majestic name of the Lord his God. They will live securely, for then his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth. He will be their peace. May God add God's blessing to the reading of God's word. This text from Micah remembers the great King David who came from Bethlehem, which is the original city of David. And Micah, the prophet, is speaking hope to despair. You see, he's already described earlier that Jerusalem is under siege to the point that the people see no hope. Like many of the great prophets, including Habakkuk and Isaiah, whom we've looked at together over the past few weeks, well, Micah is able to see beyond this despair and put words to what God is going to do. God has guaranteed us a future that gives us the luxury of knowing how this journey ends. We never reflect on our lives as those following and being formed by Jesus without the promise of how this will culminate. And that is good news, certainly on Christmas Day and every other day. So despair is offered consolation, complete and utter consolation by this great promise from God. This particular passage, along with the story that we read with the children from Luke 2, it reminded me of two particular journeys associated with the Christmas story. First is the journey that Mary and Joseph took to Bethlehem. This town, Bethlehem, you know, it literally means the house of bread. That's what the word Bethlehem means. Therefore, the bread of life was born in a bakery. Isn't that funny? This very small town, small among Judah, would call the great empires of the world to this brand new, changing everything idea. As this baby would one day, as Micah said, stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord. Now, Mary and Joseph's trip took about 10 days from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And for it to take 10 days, they likely went right through Samaria, which is a big deal because most Jews would not travel through Samaria. They would take a longer route to avoid Samaria. But it doesn't seem that Mary and Joseph actually did. Samaritans and Jews were were bitter enemies. We looked at the story of the woman at the well from John chapter 4 earlier this year, if you remember. And Jesus' attitude toward the woman who was at the well uh, was loving. He offered her living water in spite of her um, derelict way of living. He offered her living water where she would never thirst again. And when I consider where Jesus would have learned such an attitude toward the people that his people hated so much and who hated them so much. I, of course, think of God, but I also think of the example that was likely set in his home by Mary and Joseph. And I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I, I, hope, I hope that we are setting a similar example in our home. This morning may testify to otherwise, but I hope we are lifting up how we should um, understand and emulate God. Mary and Joseph were doing that for baby Jesus, who was actually God. It kind of takes my breath away. They traveled right through Samaria to cut a couple of days off of pregnant Mary's journey. Remarkable. The next journey would be the one of the shepherds to come to see the Lamb of God who 
who would one day be called the good shepherd. These shepherds were the bottom rung on the socioeconomic ladder. Just as just as Mary was a peasant girl from a neighboring town, God working through the most unlikely characters. And after being approached by the angels, the shepherds terrified, not knowing what on earth was happening. The angels reassured them, don't fear. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Go, go and see this baby. Go and see this baby in Bethlehem. He is the Messiah that you've longed for. He's the Lord. Now, at this point, my understanding is the shepherds would have been depressed. They probably would not, uh, well, they would have believed that if the child truly was the Messiah, the parents would reject their visit. How could they go and see a king? How could they go and see the king? Although it's odd for him to be born in a lowly town of Bethlehem, that struck them as, as odd. And the angel actually encouraged them by saying the baby would be, would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, which, which is exactly like the shepherds would wrap their own children. And the baby would be lying in a manger. What? A trough. Ordinary peasant homes had mangers, not homes fit for a king. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. And this good news is that in Bethlehem, a baby was born who's the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And this is the good news of great joy for all people. We sang it last night as Andrew Peterson puts it in, Behold the Lamb of God who, who takes away my sin. All people. And the shepherds did just this. They they beheld this baby. They did not remain in their fields. They actually risked their, risked their livelihood in trusting what the angel had said. And in doing so, they became the bearers of this good news of great joy. It's really a remarkable story, y'all. One that we, we get lured into becoming so familiar with, those of us who have been following and being formed by Jesus for quite a while. But it's a remarkable story. It blows my mind to consider standing in the place where Jesus was born, Mary giving birth, oil lamps there, lighting the darkness of night, hay straw on the floor, providing some comfort, a midwife perhaps kneeling before Mary who was sitting on a birthing stool, Mary crying, Joseph terrified, I can resonate with that, and the cries of the newborn king. Not a silent night necessarily, but a holy night, unmatched by any other. And then there's the manger, probably made of stone, used to feed the animals. Here was laid the child who one-third of the world today hails as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the Prince of peace. Born in the lowliest of places, the same place the animals were kept. The same place the donkeys were kept, whom they rode on. It's the equivalent of a first century parking garage. Consider Jesus' first night's sleep was in a feeding trough. Pastor Adam Hamilton says a trough is where God's creatures, where they come to eat. Think about that this morning, church. We have a deep hunger as human beings. 
And it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that which we can actually gain to fill our bellies. The bread of life born in a bakery spent his first night in a lowly manger, a feeding trough where God's creatures come to eat. And then later he says, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He says, this is my body, as we said together last night, which is given for you. We hunger for what these candles represent down here in front of us this Christmas morning. Hope and peace and joy and love. And the candle in the center, the Christ candle, is alone that which can provide what we truly hunger for. So what about our journey? You know, so many people will be journeying today. I hope they can be. This last week's weather really put a hitch in those plans. But on the roads and through the air and those flying will board planes after they go through security checkpoints. Sometimes I wonder if people feel like we here at the church have security checkpoints. Like you have to prove you don't have. Like you have to prove you don't have certain baggage in order to come in and be part of this community. Do we have that here? Do our doors communicate that all are welcome? Or better said, do we have what people perceive to be the story, the lives behind our doors? Do they communicate that all are welcome? Regardless of the journey, does the person outside of our doors Imagine mercy, imagine grace, imagine acceptance up and down the halls in this building, in our small groups, in our pews. Do we offer hope, peace, joy, and love? Or maybe you've wandered in here this morning, not a part of any church, but you felt like you needed to be in church on Christmas. That would be a natural thing to feel. Have you been burned by church? Do you know someone who has? Church at Harvest Heights, this has to be a place where all are welcome. Who's the good, who is the good news for? It's good news of great joy for all people. Because the one of peace has already come. Are you tired? Are you hungry? Are you scared? Do you know someone who is? This has to be a place where all are welcome. Good news of great joy for who? For all people. Because the one of peace has come. Bethlehem being the place of birth and the shepherds being the first visitors. And then you and I on our own journeys this morning, following and and being formed by the one born in the most humble circumstances to bring peace and to save the world. Let's pray.